This is Joshua with the I Am Heat podcast, and I'm talking about this experience that you have of being a channel of God, really. It's this beautiful, unbelievable, magical essence that is on the inside of you. And if you just start to come uh, develop a relationship with it, it becomes the centerpiece to your life. It becomes your best friend. It becomes your love. It becomes the source of your joy. It really does because number one, it's been there the whole time. If you realize the only thing or the only thing that kept you alive when you were at the lowest point was what? You can't really say it was anything outside of you because nothing outside of you is really always there. Even if it's a dog, even if it's a dog, the dog really doesn't know you're like it has to have a bond with somebody still animalistic. It's acting off instincts. But you as a human being, you have choice. You have choice. And even if you think the dog is giving you unconditional love, it's not true. It may help you out. It may help you out because it's good vibes. You can pay attention to it and you can create it. But the dog is not the thing that's giving you life. It's something deeper than that within you that creates the meaning. And that gives you life. And I know from my experience, it literally was the thing that transformed me in a time where I didn't think I could survive. I mean, I really didn't know if I could survive. I was eight hours away from any of my family. I didn't have any friends in the city I was in. The only friend that I had was a person who set me up completely wrong and was more about the money than he was about helping a human. And I mean, I was alone. So I really didn't have anything. And then the roommate that I moved out there with, who was supposed to be my business partner, he quit within a month. So everything crumbled around me and I really didn't know if I would survive. I thought I may be able to have to go homeless. That's what I was thinking. I was really contemplating that. And I and um, I remember contemplating that if I was gonna go homeless, and it was this essence, this presence within me. This this is who I'm talking about. This deep, um, fatherly, loving essence just came out of me, and he wouldn't let me die. He wouldn't let me settle. He wouldn't let me. It, it it was um it was crazy. He wouldn't let me. This this thing I'm talking about wouldn't let me settle. It made me get so creative. I, I kicked into another gear. I got so creative. I got so resourceful. I got so tuned in. I was stronger. I was sharper. I was more confident. I was more certain in my decisions. I had so much faith. This is why my rent got paid during that time because I I couldn't pay my rent. And I mean, I had nobody there. So I had that faith. It was the only option. And I'm like, this rent is paid. And it was paid just because it had to be. And I had faith. I'm like, this is it. 
you know, this is my this is my last shot. I'm having absolute faith on this. And so I, I took that leap. And at the end of the month, they said, hey, you're I called. I said, what's the eviction process? Because I hadn't paid them. Then they said. Um, you only owe eighty six dollars. You don't owe fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred dollars. I couldn't pay. I just didn't know how. Not, some of you might not even understand that situation, but consider an amount of money that right now, currently, you just can't pay. Whatever that amount is, that's the experience that I was having. So it doesn't really matter the amounts. It matters the circumstance, the situation. If you've ever been in a spot where you couldn't pay anything because of your job or whatever it was, I don't know, whatever you blamed at the time, but you just couldn't pay it. You couldn't see how to pay it. And during those times, you got a choice. You can either like make an excuse and just crumble under the pressure or you can have faith. Like that option is always there. Faith option is always available. That's the only choice that is always available in any circumstance. Faith. It's always there to choose. Some situations, may, you may say, all right, I have to choose uh, to take this job or that job. But those jobs are always there. But the faith is always there. And the faith always creates these circumstances of miracles. And, and I'm telling you, things just happen. Faith just always creates these miracles. It, and it's almost like it doesn't matter what has to happen. It's almost like the universe obeys faith. It just obeys it and it must bend under faith. And when you have faith, magical things always happen. I just can't explain them. And no scientist can explain it. But it, it's because you're dependent on God. I know I, I'm, I, a lot of people called it a lot of different things over the centuries. A lot of teachers today are calling it by many different names, but they are afraid to say the one name because they can't explain it. It's God. I can't explain it. Whoever the ancients were who made the word for this deity named it God, I'm happy they did it because it's mysterious as that. There's no way to explain it. You cannot put your finger on it, but you know it. And that's all. You you cannot put your finger on it, but you know it. And that is it. That's it. It's nothing else to it. So faith creates these situations that would never be available to the average thinker. Faith just does these things that I can't explain. <laughs> hmm. They just do they do things. They do things. And you can't explain them. Faith does things. And when you see it, you'll be blown away. And you won't be able to explain it. And that's it. And then, you know, you left it all again. <laughs> because there's no way to explain how this majestic, beautiful, personal power does its work. We don't know it. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know how it works. We don't know how it works. It's simply beyond. It's beyond us. And it's the Father. That's the Father. 
that they talk about in the Bible. That's the creator. That's the source of all things. That's God, the source of all things. Is this one that responds to faith? I don't know how it works. It just happens. And I love it. It's um, it's the, the height that all humans aspire to is a state of absolute faith. And the more you practice this absolute faith, the, the more normal absolute faith becomes for you. And then when you, oh my goodness, when you can move into states of absolute faith, that's powerful. It's the most powerful you can be. And it's absolutely humble at the same time. It's the only most powerful, humble place you can be. This is why humility is faith. Because you are in the most humble and powerful place at the same time. You're in the most humble, powerful place when you're in faith. Because faith is you depending on what you cannot see. So it takes this this element. It takes this godly element to do that. It takes this godly knowing to do it. Because otherwise, you wouldn't be able to have faith. You have to have faith in something. But even though you can't see it, you have faith in it. So that means that you're having faith in the invisible, in the no thing. You're having faith in, in literally faith itself. That's God. And you, you're searching for this all power in the universe. It can't be described with words, but it's there. It's there. And when you have faith and when you move into a state of absolute faith where you know it, that's when it happens. And it's miraculous. And it's unexpected. It's miraculous and it's unexpected. It's miraculous and it's unexpected. It's miraculous and it's unexpected. And it only comes to that one who expects it through faith, who appropriates faith. The faith guy. The faith guy gets to experience it. This is the juiciness of life. This is really the juice of life. This really is. Without this, mm, there's no point. If there's not one power that can do anything and get us out of any circumstance and change any circumstance, what's the point of this? This life is too hard not to have an all-powerful thing that can change it. So it's like you have so much pain that you say, it has to be a solution and I'm going to find it. And then when you, you search everywhere and you never stop your search because you have to. It's almost like, oh, I have to get out of this hell. And then you'll do that in any way you need to. You get so creative. And then you, you finally settle down into the one and only action to do, which is faith. It's the superhuman act. It's a superhuman act. Because in order for anyone to exercise faith, in order for anyone to exercise faith, they have to activate a belief in the invisible. And when you believe in the invisible, you're in believing in the all. Or in all is mind. So you are believing. And when you move and enter a state of belief, because you are entertaining the invisible, 
you move into a state of God. And God moves in, in this life on his own behalf and changes this whole thing around to match exactly the state that you've embodied. It matches the state. And this is the beauty of God. Like the beauty of God is the unknown way that God moves. It's And it's not God like an entity out there. It's just the mind. It's all that is. How this moves is so mysterious. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. No one can explain it because we don't know how this moves. But I do know the cause. And it is this conscious thinking mind. In a state of faith. A desire in faith. Faith. This element of miracles. You don't know how. You don't know how. But you've dropped the seeds off. And just like you expect plants to grow, you just expect this thing. Because you know this faith does miraculous things. It'll change you forever. So this is Joshua. The mystic. And I'm hosting this podcast today in the middle of nature. You probably can't hear around me. I'm literally standing in the middle of nature and there's something about nature. It's just not like anything else. Nature is um, a perfection, a perfection. It's a perfection. It is the perfection. And it just so happens like vegetation doesn't have much choice on how it grows, but it's always moving along the lines that it was designed. And then human beings are too. The way we're designed is thinkers. We're designed to perpetually create and construct ideas and thoughts. That's our nature. Just like a, a tree's nature is to grow and spread leaves, our nature is to think thoughts and ideas and believe them into existence. To, to think constructively. That's what, our, that's what our nature is. So... Um, I want to encourage you to actually use that. I see so many people with so many brilliant ideas. I see so much potential. I see so much life in people's eyes. I see so much depth to people's experiences. It really is unbelievable to see. I see those same people in cubicles and in factory type of jobs. It's literally a factory if you work at retail. I was, you know, I work in retail. And I see the people who are there because it's just the only thing they have. And I see other people who say, who see, okay, yeah, this is something. But, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, grateful for it. I'll use it to the best ability. But this is not it. This is not my end. You see people who have accepted that as their end. If they want that as their end, perfectly fine. I mean, if that's the specific thing that they dreamt up, that's perfectly fine. But if you didn't dream that 
scenario specifically for you. You haven't really chosen your your, uh, future. Someone else did for you. So if you've never sat down and said what's important to me and designed along those lines mentally, you haven't really created anything. And, you know, when you start to do that process, this next thing that comes into your head is like, how is this ever going to happen? And you go backwards when you ask that, because you don't you're not awakened to the power of your own mind. You're not awakened to it. If you become awakened to the power of your own mind, it'll help you. So maybe this is a couple references can help you like this. I don't know if you know who Napoleon Hill is, but he is the father of all self-help, period. He created the first philosophy of success during the Depression. And he was taught by Andrew Carnegie, a very rich man who was dying and wanted to pass on his his greatest riches to everyone that was left behind. But he said the greatest portion of his riches was what he knew in his philosophy. And he gave this he gave this philosophy to Napoleon Hill and Napoleon Hill interviewed the most successful people in that era to find out what they were doing. In, in its entirety, in their entirety. So he found out that every one of them depended on infinite intelligence. And his entire book is how to submit ideas to your subconscious mind until it's carried out into its uh, final conclusion. That's what the whole book is written on. The entire book is written on how to use your sub- the power of your subconscious mind. And he just gives methods on how to submit it. He even says... In the book of uh, the chapter on auto-suggestion, I always thought this crazy. He said, auto-suggestion is the real thing. And I'm paraphrasing. But he says, auto-suggestion is the real thing. And the whole rest of this book is just other methods to get you to use the principle of auto-suggestion. Now, if you don't know what auto-suggestion is, that is intentionally submitting uh, realities to your subconscious mind to carry out to a conclusion. It's self-suggestion. It's suggesting suggesting something to yourself to make it real to yourself. That's what auto-suggestion is. His entire book is written to teach you how to submit ideas to your subconscious mind so they're carried out to their natural end. That's it. That's what the entire book is written from. That's what the entire book is written from. Oh, sorry. What it's written for. So, that being said, let's consider this again. Maybe your mind is the controller of your destiny. Maybe. Maybe. Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Why would he say that? Imagination is more important than knowledge. Why would he say that? And people call it by a lot of different names. Napoleon Hill decided to call this power infinite intelligence. That's what he decided to call it. But what I grew up understanding this power to be is God. That's the name they gave it. The people in my community, they gave it the name God. So I, when I say, when I hear, or now when I reread the book, I understand what he was talking about. He was talking about how to work with God. 
he says it in so many so many sentences and paragraphs but that's what that's what he was teaching is how to work with God because he says in the very beginning that Andrew Carnegie told him that the power of mind is a gift from the creator that has been given to us exclusively to use and direct along any lines that we decide. And it must be the greatest power because it is the only power in which we have been given 100% control of. He's talking about infinite intelligence. He's talking, he said the creator. So he's suggesting that there's God and God is doing this with mind. That's what he's suggesting. Now, the whole book doesn't say it that way, but that is what he's suggesting based on his words. He's suggesting that. The creator is not just some word he used. Everything in that book was intentional. Everything in that book was absolutely real to him. So and it was it was a deliberately written book. So he wrote that book and he knew that there was a creator. And this creator is expressing power through the mind of man. He knew that. And that's what he taught. This is the greatest secret. This is the great secret. And it sounds so cheesy to say it's a secret, but it actually is a secret. Otherwise, everyone would know it. Everyone would know it and they would be doing it, but they don't know it. So even though it's in plain sight to them, even though it's right there, even though they can't see it. And anybody who's listening to this. You'll know if you see it or not, because you'll do it. Some of you will not understand it. You won't get it. You won't accept it. It just means that you're not ready for it yet. Which is completely okay to not be ready for something. Just be where you are. Know where you are. And allow it to soak in. Study. Study. Napoleon Hill's philosophy of success. And listen for the secret of mind. M-I-N-D. Listen. For the secrets of mind. He'll be talking about the mind the whole time. Some aspect of the mind. He's talking about how to direct mind. The power of mind is the only power there is. And he's teaching you how to direct the only power there is in the universe, which is mental power. There's no other power other than mental power. Anything that you see that is here right now is here under the principle of mental power. The mind is moving and manifesting. So he's teaching you how to direct it along the line. Now, one thing that he says is most important 
is a definite chief aim. A definite, a defined chief aim, chief objective. And that chief objective has to have meaning for you. It has to be a burning desire for it. It has to be something that you want above and beyond anything else. You have to have strong, strong emotional reasons. Strong, a white heat of emotional reasons to, uh, to want this. A white heat, a ridiculous white heat of desire is how he explains it. So, this white heat of desire, he's talking about a white heat of emotion. Pure, blackout emotion on this one thing. You want this above anything else. It is what you live for. It is the reality you live for. Nothing else. And when you paint that picture and you make it definite, now you can achieve it. Now you can achieve it. Because the mind has a framework to build into. Mental power has a blueprint. Now you direct that mental power by walking in the reality of the invisible, uh, sorry, walking in the invisible reality. That's how you give it uh, substance and you give it form and shape. It's walking in it. You're carving it out. You're sculpting it out by walking in it. And then it carves its, its uh, reality right into the reality that you're in now. It carves it out. And then you see your reality here. That's what, that's what this, the whole book is speaking about, is ways to carve out your reality with the mind. So when you design, when you have a perfect image, a, a clear image in the mind, and when you have a clear image in mind, then it's a very clear path that all of the power of the, the mental universe that you have, that you have access to, is going to be directed in. It's going to be directed in those lines. So think exclusively from that perspective. Think exclusively from that perspective. And when you think exclusively from that perspective, that invisible perspective, you're carving it out. You're carving out a place for it in the third dimensional universe. And when you carve it out, really you're carving a, a framework or a blueprint in the subconscious mind. You're carving out a blueprint in the subconscious. And when you carve out a blueprint in the subconscious, the subconscious moves into physical form. It assimilates, it assimilates the states that dominate that mind. It assimilates the states that dominate that mind into a seamless experience of reality. Now, imagine if you had one definite chief aim, a very crystal clear, singular desire. You would have a singular state. You would go into a singular desirous state, a singular one. Not many, but one. 
So if you go into a singular state of a definite desire, something definite, then all mental power is only directed at one outcome, one ultimate reality. So what will manifest here? What, ha what has to manifest, because you make an imprint and you carve out this reality in the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind takes the states that you've submitted to it and it assimilates it into one seamless reality. So what have you submitted it? You haven't submitted multiple things. You've submitted one thing. And when you submit one thing, it assimilates one reality of that one thing. This is why a white heat of desire is necessary and a definite aim is necessary because it gives exclusive instructions, exclusive instructions on what to build, what to build into. It's absolutely clear. You know, precisely, it knows precisely what to build into. It'll build exact, into exactly what state you've been entertaining in the mind. So he talks about having a definite chief aim and have ridiculous emotional reasons for it. White heat of emotional reasons or desire. He says to write a statement that implies that you already have it, give it a time frame, a defined time frame. Um, because you're designing it on all levels of existence. You're designing it on all levels. So if you give it a time frame, you're fixing a certain definition, a time definition to this state. Okay? You're fixing the time definition. You're making it definitive. When you give it, you know, textures of reality, like you feel it, you taste it, touch it, smell it, hear it. You're giving it definition. Okay? Space is a definition. Time is a definition. It's a it's an element to the picture. So you can move into a new place. You can move into a future place. You can move you, you can move into a future place and bring that future place here. You can bring it into this moment. And the way you do that is you have one definite chief aim and you appropriate it now. You see it and feel it and use it now. It's fully finished now. You appropriate it. You just keep that you keep in that state. You imagine everything that goes with it. And you'll naturally just walk across a bridge of incidents that, that'll manifest it for you. Your subconscious mind does it alone. All you're doing is submitting to the subconscious mind certain states. And if you want it to be very definite, just submit a definite state. If you want a definite thing to manifest, then mani just fix a definite state of having it. A definite state. It just needs to be defined, clear. And if you have a clearly defined state that you want to submit, just go into it. Practice it over and over again. Practice it until it's permanent and natural. And then that state will be your natural reality too. Because that's how this, that's how it works. Subconscious mind assimilates states into one seamless reality. That's what the subconscious does.
what the subconscious does. So, understand understand what's happening. Understand what's happening when you have a definite chief aim. You have one crystallized state that you want. All you're doing is moving into it and carving it out. That's all you're doing is carving it out. The beautiful masterpiece of the mind.